Thank you for supporting the Ministry of Victory Outreach International. We pray this message challenges, ignites faith, and that God would fan the flame that will produce a harvest of souls throughout the world. So again, we're able to see an acceleration taking place again, even in the growth, numerical growth within our churches. Now, as I look ahead, I see God ready to bring an explosion. And it's already started, the tremendous explosion that he wants to bring upon our ministry. Now, I, I, we're not the only ministry. I think we're coming to the end time. And I think this decade, God wants to do something powerful in our country. And he's moving upon certain ministries. And I can't help but that our ministry is one of the ministries that God has chosen for an end time move of God. And he's moving, and he's moving quickly. And one of the things that God has really impressed upon my heart, just this scripture tells us, that if he is going to grow this ministry, and if the explosion that he wants to bring is going to come upon this ministry, then we need to be able to handle the growth. We need to be people that are going to be able to handle the blessings of God. And the only way that that's going to happen, he's saying, strengthen your stakes. That's what he says here in the word of God, that promise that he gave us. He says, don't hold back. He says, go ahead and lengthen your court. Believe for that growth that's going to take place. But begin to strengthen your stakes. And then he tells us why he wants us to strengthen our stakes. He says, for you will spread out to the right and to the left. And your descendants will inherit the nations and settle in desolate cities. What is he saying to us? He's saying, I'm going to bring a worldwide Holy Ghost explosion through this ministry. And I'm going to move like I haven't moved before. You're going to see the hand of God, he's saying. Move like you have never seen him move before, but you better be ready for it. And he's telling us, begin to dig your stakes deep into the ground so that you will be able to handle the growth that I want to bring. Now, how do we dig our stakes deep into the ground? Well, I'll tell you that one of the ways that the Lord has really been impressing upon my heart, and it's something that I can't, I can't shake it off, can't shake it off. I feel an urgency. I feel God, and I preached a little bit about it on Friday night, I feel that the Lord, there's an urgency that the Lord is calling us to not only prayer, but also fasting. He's calling his people to separate in fasting and praying. Now, God wants to move. And if you look around in the word of God, if you look in the word of God, and if you study the word of God and you see that early church, we want the blessings many times that we find that we see in the early church. We want the blessings of, that we see how God was able to use these men of old and the apostles and the word of God. But are we willing to pay the price? If you look at just the blessings, you'll be missing out on something that is very important. The reason why God was able to bless those people were because those people were willing to pay a price. You'll see over and over again every account within the word of God where revival came and God was moving through the church, you will always see that it was accompanied by fasting and praying. Fasting and praying. 
Today, the ministries and the churches that God is using in a tremendous way, the church growth, phenomenal church growth that has taken place around the world, you find it in Asia. You find it in Korea. The reason why you find it in Korea, you find it in Latin America and also in Korea and in places like that. The reason why is because those people have come into that place of digging their stakes real deep into the ground. They are separated in fasting and prayer. And because they have a, an intensity of, of seeking God and a hunger for God and have separated themselves... This is why God has brought about a revival that has taken place. And there's been manifestations of the Holy Spirit that are taking place in some of those countries where even the dead are being raised again to life. Miracles that we don't see happening in our country because we fail and we're not willing to pay the price that he's called us to pay. Let me just read to you a little bit about what happens in some of those sessions that they have in places like Korea. In 1988, they had what they call the Olympic, Olympic Games in Korea, and a lot of churches got together. They got together because they wanted to be a witness in that country. And let me give you the account. It says that there were many denominations. There were Methodists and Baptists and Holiness people and Pentecostal people and Presbyterian people and other people, and that's a miracle in itself. If you could get all those denominations together, Methodists, Baptists, Holiness people, Pentecostals with Presbyterians and all those people like that in one place to pray and seek God, that's a miracle. And it says uh, that, that they, when they, the prayer time came in the great assembly, the Koreans were indistinguishably in a manner of intensified praying, the way of supplication had been described like this. It says you find yourself engulfed in wave after wave of praying voices, which rise and fall into a rise again with every greater note and fervency. To gaze around brings no relief to find yourself surrounded by a forest of hands which move, uh, which move swaying and, and waving and fervent physical expressions of intense intercession in which they are engaging. It is both frightening, he says, and challenging. When they pray for the salvation of a lost soul, it is clear that they really believe people will be lost forever unless they receive the gospel of Christ. Tears mingle with their prayers frequently. Their whole bodies sway backwards and forward as they pour their very being in prayer. Others beat their knees with their fists as they battle against the enemy of souls in spiritual warfare and seek to lay hold on God. At times it is so intense that you are you are re relie relieved when at the given single of the ringing of the bell by the presiding pastor on the platform, the thousands instantly obey and within seconds there is perfect calm and quietness as they wait to receive their next prayer assignment. This is what you call intensity in prayer. Those people have prayer mountains. There are people that go for 40 days of praying and fasting. And this is why God is moving in those parts of the world. 
Now, I believe that there is a, a revival that's going to take place in our country. And God wants to do something special, and he wants to do something special among our people. He wants to do sp something special within our lives. But the type of Christianity, if we are a, what do you call a mediocre type of Christians, and our Christianity is mediocre Christianity, then surely God is not going to be able to use us as vessels. And if he's going to use us, and if he wants to bring about the promises that he's given to us individually and as a ministry, then the very first thing he's going to do, he's going to call us to prayer and intercession and praying and fasting. In the Bible, over and over, you see accounts of how men of God were able to pray. We have the account of Jacob. When he, 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 when he left alone, Jacob wrestled with God till daybreak. He wept and sought his favor, saying, I will not leave you. I will not leave you. Go till you bless me. There was a, a desperateness in Jacob. Jacob probably felt very ill-equipped. He felt very insufficient for the task that God had called him. And he wrestled with God. And he says, I won't let you go until you bless me. And the socket of his thighs were broken when he was greatly awarded from Jacob, the supplanter. He became Israel, the prince of God. As God said, you have wrestled with God and with men and have prevailed. There was a, a desperateness in Jacob that said, I need to change. I've been a schemer for too long and I need a change within my life. And he says, God, I'm not going to let you go. And I'm going to wrestle with you in prayer until you change me. And God so changed his life. From that moment on, you see a brand new Jacob. God transformed his life. God changed his life. From a life of schemer, he became a servant of God. We have Elijah. Elijah gave up food and went to Mark Carmel to pray earnestly for rain. He crouched down and placed his head between his knees and without any intention to stop until the answer came. He asked his servant to wait for a sign of rain until the seventh time. This, this man with a nature like ours received what he asked from God because he wrestled with God and he got down and says, I am not going to stop wrestling and praying until you answer prayer. Hannah, greatly distressed in her desire to have a son, she lost appetite for food. Again, they were fasting, and praying. She lost appetite for food as she went bitterly before God. Eli the priest thought that she was drunk. She was in an ecstasy as, as she was praying. She was, I could just see her probably just speaking and, 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 and just uh, travail before the Lord that even Eli the priest, when he came, he, did, he saw something that he didn't understand what was taking place. That he actually thought she was drunk. And she explains, no, my Lord, I'm not drunk. I'm a woman oppressed in spirit. I have poured out my soul before the Lord. And the Lord did not only grant her request, but gave her a great prophet of God by the name of Samuel. See how God always rewards prayer? David, he was a man after God's own heart. David, a man after God's own heart, would murmur. And complain evening and morning and noon in times of trouble and God would hear his voice. He found refuge in a cave 
as he fled from Saul, and he wrote, I cry aloud with my voice to the Lord. I make supplication with my voice to the Lord. I pour my complaints before him, and I declare my trouble before him. Over and over, in the Psalms of David, you find a man that had the heart of God. He wasn't a perfect man. He made a lot of mistakes. But when God looks at him, he says, he's a man after my own heart because he was a man that sought God. He was a man that realized that he needed to be in the presence of God. And I pray and I hope as pastor that there be a stirring that begins to take place within our lives. If God is leading me this way, and he's leading me this way not only in our church, but he's leading me this way as far as a whole movement, I could visualize a, 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 a sweeping of, of, of a desire to pray and a burden for prayer begin to sweep not only upon our church, but also this entire outreach. If God is leading us into this, if the Lord is, is calling us to separate ourselves, that is because God wants to do something mighty and wants to do something great. I think we need to keep in step with what God is doing. Even in that convention, as we were there, and I saw all the crowds, and I saw the singing and all that, somehow there was an intensity inside of me. I said, you know, this just can't be a pep rally. I think David Wilkinson hit right on the head. Remember what he said when he came to the when he came to our conference. He says it's fine. You could have a lot of you could have big crowds and you could make a lot of noise, but if the if you people are not people of prayer, then it's nothing. It's nothing. It's just a pep rally before the Lord. But when people of God begin to get in prayer and intercession, and you begin to separate yourself, then the will of God becomes a reality within our lives. And God wants to do some powerful things in your life. God wants to use each and every person. You can say the devil's mad already. Because we're talking about prayer. We're talking about pressing in with God. And I believe that God is going to begin to bring an urgency within your life. And every one of you, as he's done with me. I don't know, I'm not satisfied. I should be, you know, I could be a peacock right now. You know, we have a big movement. I'm the main, I'm the main dog, right? <laughs> you should see those people in those conventions. You know, over here, you see me all the time, you know. A prophet is not honored in his own country, right? <laughs> Sometimes, right? That's true. You know, you see me. I had one guy, one of our guys, uh, people were saying, give me your autograph, Pastor. Give me your autograph. And one of our guys passed by. Oh, so you're a celebrity now, huh? You know? <laughs> hey, man, I see you every day. You're nobody special, man. You're just Pastor of La Puente Victory Outreach. But over there, uh, you know, you, you should see some of the sisters and, you know, I, they carry it a little bit too far, you know, but they, these are people that came from the ghettos, man. All they heard about is Pastor Sonny and they say, Pastor Sonny, oh my God. One sister came and she's, oh, I touched him. I'm not going to wash my hands for a month. Now, somebody could all of a sudden, you know, be deceived and uh, 
all of a sudden get proud and oh man, I'm a big shot. Look at this, look at the crowd and oh, this is what I have done and this is what we have done. And oh, that happens to some pastors, that happens to some ministers. But as I sat there and I saw the moving of God and I saw what God was doing, I said, I don't have anything to do with that, man. I don't have anything to do with that. I saw all those ladies, I saw crowds and hundreds of them and hundreds of them coming in from all over the world. And I just sat there and I said, oh God, I have nothing to do with this. We are so unworthy of the blessings that you have bestowed upon our lives and upon our ministry. And I felt, I, I just felt a, a, a quickening and a burden and oh God if you bring in this blessing upon us then we want to be ready for it and Lord we can't do it by ourselves we need to pray we need to seek more of your presence we need to dedicate ourselves and consecrate ourselves even more because of the blessings that you're bestowing upon our lives and because of these blessings this is not the time to sit back even the finances the finances are tripling the finances are true. These people are beginning to give like they've never given before. They're giving. Just in our, in our women's breakfast that we had. We had the women's breakfast. And my wife told me, we need to get that ranch in Brazil. And she said, Sonny, why don't you go ahead and, and see if you, you pick up some, some money for the ranch in Brazil. Pick up some pledges. And I said, okay, all right. So then she, they showed the video presentation. And then at the end, I came. See what I'm talking about, acceleration? I came at the end, and me of little faith. Because I, I, you know, in my heart, sometimes, you know, I start feeling sorry for our people, and I go, they don't have much pobrecitas. <laughs> Poor little things, they don't have much, and oh God, I didn't want to ask them, you know? And, they, they, and then I start thinking, they, they've given, I mean, they've given in the morning sessions, they've given in the evening sessions, so they've, they've bought just about everything, you know, that's in that place. And I, I said, Lord, uh, now I'm going to come and at the end hit him again. <laughs> and then my wife says, we need that ranch. <laughs> and like an obedient husband, I got up, and I got up, and I said, I said, you know, I said, I, I think we could get at least uh, 50 people to give $1,000, you know, and there was a whole group of them, about 1,000 people. I said, maybe we get 50 people to give $1,000. Would you be willing to give $1,000? And if you want to give $1,000, why don't you stand right now? And my God, all those women began to stand all over that thing. I started getting more inspired, you know. And, and I started kind of, one, two, three, four, five. I hit 50, 56, 60, I hit 70, I hit 80, I hit 90. Over a hundred women responded in giving towards the ranch $1,000. By that time, I said, man, I'm a little bit more, you know. Now I got... And then I started calling people to get 500 and got it up. I says, give me 100 people to get 500. More than 100 people got up and said, I'm going to get $500. And then others got up. There was a spirit of giving, a spirit of liberality that took place over there. Why? 
because God is accelerating his work. If you look at our ministry and you look at the, at the work, there's been an acceleration in just the last few years like never before. We've come from little humble places that we have our, our conferences to sports arenas now. I looked at the sports arena in, in Fresno, Pastor Saul. That sports arena was too small. I looked at it, and not only the auditorium, the sports arena. We were going to thinking that maybe we'll take the conference to Fresno to the sports arena. I looked at the sports arena, and I looked at it and I said, nah, this is small. It won't accommodate us. We need a bigger place. And that place seated over 10,000 people. We said, this is too small. We need a bigger place. A bigger place. Because God is moving in a fast pace. And I believe that it's not only happening as a movement, but it's also happening to the local churches that are willing to receive the blessings of God. And if God is doing that in the movement and is doing that throughout Victory Outreach, then surely if there's any place that God wants to bring blessing and God wants to open up the windows of heaven, it's right here in the Mother Church. Right here in the Mother Church. If God is going to call anybody to fasting and praying, then where is he going to begin? He's going to begin, first of all, in me, and he's going to begin, first of all, in you. He's going to begin in the mama church. And as we begin to separate ourselves in fasting and praying and seeking God, then it's going to be a wave that God is going to take it right from here, and it's going to begin to spread throughout the entire outreach. And then we're going to be ready. We're going to be ready. Let me tell you this. The Christianity that you see today is not the Christianity of the Bible. I'm being honest with you. That Christianity, one hour a week, what kind of Christianity is that? One hour a week coming to church and sitting there and, okay, go ahead and feed me. All right. And I did you a favor. I came to church. And, Lord, I did you a favor, too. I came to church. And then go home. You know, do nothing. You're not being productive. You're not being used of God. There's no intensity in your Christianity. Is that the type of Christianity you find in the Bible? If you do, show me where it is. I don't see that kind of Christianity in the Bible. That's anti-biblical. And I know that people don't like to hear that. People don't like to hear that. And I say it lovingly. I say it lovingly. There are many churches like that now. You know, we're coming to the end. The Antichrist is ready to step in. The Antichrist is ready to step in. There's going to be false doctrine like you have never seen before. There's going to be deception like you have never seen before. A form of godliness that denies the power thereof. And even today, there are ministers and churches that want to make it easy for the parishioners, you know. You know what? They want to make it so easy that they don't want to offend people. Even their sermons, they've cut them down to 20 minutes. 20 minutes. And just come and sit down and we're not going to offend anybody. We're just going to talk about good things. Good things and motivational stuff. And they come in and they hear motivational speech and motivational message. And okay, it's time. No more than an hour service. Okay, you could go home now. And we'll see you next week. It's okay. We don't want to. We don't want to. We don't want to offend you. We don't want to disturb you. We're in a generation that you, you know, you don't want commitment. And okay, you don't have to be committed. Just come and be a spectator. And just as long as you come to church. Now, what do you think God is going to do? You think God is going to be able to move through those people? Do you think that God is going to bring a move of God through those kind of people? that are not willing to commit their lives and surrender their lives to God, 
that haven't learned to learn learn to pray with fervency and and separate themselves in in fasting and prayer do you think god is going to move through those kind of people no if god is going to move and if god is looking for people that he's going to move through he's going to look for a people that are willing to dedicate their lives and commit their lives and willing to pay the price so that they could become vessels of honor and vessels that he could move through those are the kind of people but we sometimes we get so far away from where he's at. We get so far away from it that we've fallen into an erroneous kind of, of Christianity. Now, I've been saved for a long time. I could, I could get comfortable now. I get comfortable. You know, I'm known in different parts of the world, and I could get comfortable. My wife and I could say, well, we did our part. We're going to sit back. No, no, no. I can't do that. I can't do that. I want to be like Paul. I started the race, and I want to be able to finish it. I, I want to cross. I, I want to cross that finish line. I want to cross that finish line. And not only do I want to cross that finish line, but I want to take you with me. I want to take you with me as a church. I. I I want to take, I want to say, come on, come on. You're missing out on the blessings of God. God wants to do some great things within your life. God wants to pour blessings upon you. God wants to answer all the petitions that you have. God wants to liberate you from bondage. God wants to save your children. God wants to save your husband. God wants to save your wife. God wants to heal your body. And I'm saying, come on, folks. Come on, the fire's up ahead. God wants to do some great and mighty things. There's the finish line. Come on with me. Let's go to that finish line. But it's up to you to follow. Now, I know that there's always a nucleus, and I thank God for the beautiful people God has given to us. But I just pray. I, I, I can't do it. I'm talking to you as a pastor this morning. We don't have the cameras on, and I could just talk to you, share my heart. I can't do it. I can't give you that. I can't give you anything that I have. It is God, the one that puts the desires within your heart. And somehow I trust that if he's working in me, then he's going to work in you. If he's calling me to pray, and he's calling me to do that, to pray more, he's saying, son, you're not praying enough. Son, you need to not only pray, you need to fast. You need to fast. You need to fast. I'm doing something awesome. You can't handle it, son. You can't handle it. You've come this far, but you can't, you can't go the rest of the way. You're going to have to be more intense now where I'm going to take you and where I'm going to take this ministry. And he's saying, I want you to pray. I want you to fast. I want you to seek me. I want you to separate yourself. I can't help it. If he's doing it in me, then surely he wants to do it within, within our lives. And if he's working like that with me, he must be doing something in you. I think there may be some of you here this morning that you, you, you feel, un, somehow you don't feel, you don't feel satisfied. You feel uncomfortable. There's an uncomfortableness in your life that somehow there's an, 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 a call and an urgency that's telling you you're not where you should be. And even though you're not in sin, but you're not where you should be, there's a desire. There's a, the deep calling unto the deep and telling you, I want you to press in more with me. And what you're feeling and that intense desire that you're feeling inside of you it doesn't come from the devil. It comes from God. It comes from God. And I'm going to ask you this morning to come. And I want to pray for those of you that you feel, Pastor, I feel what you feel. And somehow I feel that desire. And maybe, I, or maybe you've been so far away. 
from the fire that you say, all I have left is the smoke, and you want to get in closer to the fire. We pray that this message has encouraged you to grow in your walk with God. To hear more messages, visit www.visionintlstore.com. Thank you for listening. God bless you.